not trying to, he's not debating with me. He's not saying, listen, but you know, he's not asking me. He said, listen, men ought to always to pray. So I need to pray, but it's up to me to pray. I can hear the words talking about prayer, but do I pray? And that's what we have to make up in our mind. Am I going to do what he put in his word? You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Chapter 10 and verse 42. The book of Luke chapter 10 and verse 42. If you look on the back of my back corner and we're going to proclaim the vision of Overcomers Christian Center ready begin to empower the body of Christ to fulfill their God-given vision and to equip the body of Christ to become self-sufficient as was done in the early church according to Acts chapter 4 and verse you notice if you will in Luke chapter 10 verse 42 where you can see out the New King James Version Bible it reads as follows but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. I choose that good part. I want you to notice what Mary did. Mary chose, and the Bible says, and even with, uh, when I read it, my word, the words come from the Lord himself. Mary has chosen that good part, indicating that there are more parts, but Mary chose the good part. And I pray after we hear the word today that we will choose the good part. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we hear your word today, God. Speak to us, teach us, minister to us, God. Answer, do what you do best, God minister to us your sheep help me to feed your sheep knowledge and understanding pray for encouragement we pray for correction we pray that you'll help us to choose the good part and father we bind the enemy right now that will stop or hinder what the holy spirit is doing in this sanctuary and we love you today and we give you glory honor and praise in jesus name we pray let those that agree say amen life consists of choices decisions, options you have, judgment calls, and so forth. We make daily decisions. We have a judgment made after considering all the available options that are before us, which will impact our destiny as well as our future. Decisions about our food, fruits and vegetables, or fried food with a big slice of pound cake with some ice cream on top of it, too. Warm that, warm that pound cake up. Throw some ice cream on top of it. I'm sorry, fruits and vegetables. Choices we have to make. Clothes. Are we dressing for success? Are we dressed like we're going to work in the yard? But what's the purpose of our dressing? Are we going to cut grass? Or are we going out for an interview for a major, the CEO of IBM? How do we dress for that situation? Where will we live? Will I live in the city? Will I live in the country or somewhere in between the suburbs? 
how we're going to interact with others. Am I welcoming, supportive, going to have a godly attitude, or am I negative and pessimistic? Pessimistic. Spiritual decision. Am I going to church today? Am I going to be attentive when I do come to church today? Am I going to hear the word of God that's coming forth today? Am I hungry and thirsty for the word of God today? Will I pay attention after I get here? Will I give today? Will I worship today? Will I challenge myself and my faith to increase my giving today? Choices and decisions are influenced by our experiences, our emotions, what we think about the matter, as well as the information that we have on any particular matter. When it comes to making sound, godly decisions, impactful decisions, decisions that's going to impact our destiny, we need knowledge and understanding that comes from God's written and revealed word. If you'd have your Bible, go ahead and turn me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. We're making godly decisions on a day-by-day basis. Every day we're making decisions. But what information do we have in order to make our decisions? Is that information going to help me or be a benefit to me? Or just information that's out there? But I like what Jeremiah 3 and 15 says, and I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Shepherds that will feed you knowledge or information concerning God and understanding, insight, comprehension, how to prosper, how to do things in a better and a more excellent way. Therefore, God gives us shepherds according to his heart, his will, his understanding, his desire for our lives. And my desire is to think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, and make decisions like Jesus. And I know I have many of us in the sanctuary, that's your desire too. You want to think like Jesus, talk like Jesus, and make decisions like Jesus. Therefore, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and to give us power that we may teach and feed others on how to follow his guide as well as his, as his leading. I need to know how to follow the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. And one thing I thought about as I was preparing this, even when I don't do it right the first time, I need the Lord to help me in order to do it right. I don't know how, I didn't know how to be a husband. I'm still learning how to be a husband. I didn't know how to be a father. Didn't know how to be a brother in the Lord. But the Lord continues to teach us how to do these particular things. Because you, you think it comes naturally, but I've learned over the years what comes naturally may not necessarily line up with the Word of God. Therefore, I need the Holy Spirit to teach me how to give, teach me how to pray, teach me how to follow His leading and His guiding. And the, Lord, and the Lord desires for us to have knowledge of him and understanding of his word and his ways. See, God's written and revealed word will help us to make choices that will change our lives for the better. Better is here and better is coming. But I need to decide that better is here even before it comes. Therefore, I walk by faith and not by sight. I want better to be here before better gets here. So, therefore, I think better, and I know I follow God's plan for my life, then I know I'm going to have better. I believe that. I believe I'm going to have better because I'm following his plan for my life. 
Now, some uh, key decision that we must make will impact us on earth and life after earth. Will I give my life to Christ? Will I repent of my sins and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior? Will I serve him all the days of my life, or will I serve him when it's convenient to me? That's the decision we have to make on a daily basis. Scriptures like Joshua 24 and 15. Let's go to Joshua 24 and 15 are very important for us who decide to follow Jesus. And I like how Joshua put it. Because Joshua, like many of us, have had many choices before him. And like many of us, he had to make a decision. And I like how Joshua put it. Notice what it says. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose, choose, decide for yourselves this day whom you will serve, who you're going to work for, who you're going to labor for, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We made it up. It, it, listen, it's settled. It's settled. I'm not going back. I ain't going. Listen, I know the other choices out there to serve. The gods on the other side of the river or the gods, amen, of social media, the gods of work, the gods of whatever, gods of pleasure, God, there are all types of gods out there, but we made up in our mind, we're going to serve the Lord. Woo-wee. In fact, look at two people and tell them, I'm going to serve the Lord. 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 So we serve an all-knowing God, all-powerful and all-present God who created us, yet he still gives us what I would consider the power of choice. It's a powerful thing. Choice is powerful. It's powerful. Choice is powerful. I believe in choice. The Lord created us as free moral agents. He gives us what we need in order to make sound and beneficial choices. But it's up to us to hear his word, accept his word, apply his word in our choices. When I hear the word, I'm going to use his word to make my decision. I'm going to use it to make my decision. He says men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. Okay, so I need to pray whether I feel like it or not. I'm not trying to, he's not debating with me. He's not saying, listen, but you know, he's not asking me. He said, listen, men ought to always to pray. So I need to pray, but it's up to me to pray. I can hear the words talking about prayer, but do I pray? And that's what we have to make up in our mind. Am I going to do what he put in his word? We must choose whether or not to repent, which to me is another great choice. I thank God he gives us a choice to repent. Woo! You, some of y'all don't say amen right there because you don't never mess up. But for the, uh, the, us who mess up, we thank God for repentance. Lord, I messed up again. Lord, will you forgive me? You know, that's one thing we find out about David. David was a man after God's own heart. And one thing you found David did, oh, God, I messed up again. I messed up again. 
They weren't perfect, but David, he would always say, hey, I messed up, God. Oh, created me a clean heart, oh, God. Renew a right spirit within me. I did it again, God. Created me a clean heart, oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. So I like the choice of repentance. See, God's written and revealed word helps me to make decisions and choices that will add value to my life spiritually, naturally, financially, mentally, and so forth. So in turn, I can make choices whether or not to worship, whether or not to give, whether or not to witness, whether or not to do better, whether or not to love. It's a decision I make on a daily basis. But I need the guidance of his word to help me with, with what I do. I need his word to help me when I do. And so when, I, when my choices are based on God's word, I can expect his word to have an effect on my outcome. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can expect that. Why? I'm making it based on his word. When he says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I expect what he said in his word. I expect, I expect a good measure. I expect uh, pressed down. I expect shaking together. Why? Because he said it. And let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. I was about to holler to the fifth row, but I'm going to try to calm down just for a little while, okay? Isaiah 55, verse 11. And the Bible reads as follows. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So when God, you're making a decision based on the word of God. You're making a decision based on a promise of God. You're making a decision based on a revelation from God. This is what you should expect, according to Isaiah 55, verse 11. You should expect it shall not return back to him void empty, without effect. But you should expect for it to accomplish. That means it's going to prepare some things, produce some things, and make some things in what he pleases. And it's going to prosper. It's going to advance. It's going to make progress. I like to put it like this. It's going to make your life better. The word's going to make our life better. Going to make it better. Going to make it better. It's going to make it better. Why? Because he sent it. Not because you sent it, but because he sent it. And see, his word can't return back to him talking about, well, you know what? Dobbs didn't want to act right, so I, can't, I couldn't do it. Uh, you, know, you know, Dobbs had that big old mountain out there. He couldn't get that mountain to move. No, that, that word will move mountains in your life. It will move situations out of your life. That word will cause people. He'll turn the heart of the king any which way he can in order to get his promise over your life. God can do all things. Save, fail. And who in the world can stop God's word from coming to pass in his life? Can you imagine the word coming back and saying, oh, we couldn't do it because they didn't like him. Or he had this going on. Or she had that going on. And they didn't like him. Oh, no. That word would not come back to God. And return back to him, boy. I've seen God move people out of the way in order for his word to come to pass. I've seen God, amen, listen, cause supernatural things to take place because his word's going to come to pass. I've seen God, listen, defy doctor's knowledge because he said by his stripes that we are healed and sickness and disease has no place in our body. I've seen God do the miraculous because he's a God 
are more than enough. Okay. Let me move on. Okay, here we go. I must strive to make decisions and choices based on his word. If I desire his word to have an effect or change or desire outcome for my life. So that's why Isaiah tells us that in the latter part, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent him. Thus, I must know his word and apply it in my life. Therefore, I have to be a student of the word. I, that's why I thank God for our Wednesday night Bible study because those are times when we get gathered together to learn his word, to talk about his word, to teach his word. And so we're students of his word. We're able to learn the word and interact and ask questions with each other as it relates to the scripture. We're, we are individuals who, under, who want and have a desire to know his word even the more. We have a desire to know his word even the more. So when I know his word, I can make better decisions because I have more word in me. I, I, and I've learned that. Thank God for them times I didn't know because he gave me grace till I did know. But you know what? We don't make excuses, but we still do the best, to, best of our ability. Thank God for the word. We do, thank God for the word. All right. Now, I must continue to learn. How to be, excuse me, I'm, I must continue to learn. I need to discover and be determined on how to be still and remove distractions when God's word is coming forth. Because things will try to interrupt you. Things will try to get your attention away from the word of God when it comes forth. Let me tell you something. You ever want to find a fight, boy? Pick up your Bible and start reading it. You ain't got to worry about, listen, I ain't never been in a fight before. Start studying the scriptures. You will find all stuff you ain't thought about in days. I, I found out stuff I forgot about. Trying to remember will come up when I start reading the word. I said, what in the world? Okay, anyway, I, sometimes I get a pen and write stuff down because I say, Lord, if I, if I stay on this one too long, I'll be on, I just write it down. Then go back, so notes, go back and study the word. And then when I finish, I come back to this particular thing. Because if not, this, this rabbit can pull me down a rabbit trail, and then I can't find my way back to where I was at. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. So I, yet you learn little tricks along the way to help you when it comes to the Word of God. Now, a lot of things, when I say remove distractions, sometimes it's easier said than done. Because there's always something that would try to come and take the word from uh, us. The birds of the air, the forces and spirits, certain ways that we think about things. Also, stony hearts, barriers and hardness of heart, cares of the world, the chase to get stuff and things. There's nothing wrong with the things because he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. But I have to be careful not to allow the chase for things to take me away from his presence. I want his presence. I want his, I want his presence in my life. I want to be in a situation 
where he can speak to me and I speak back to him and I know that he hears me. I want to be in a situation where I can ride down the road and, and, and God will be in the car with me talking to me. Amen. The radio will be playing, but I don't hear nothing because his word is still, amen, just meditating in my heart. I want to be in a situation, amen, where the enemy can come and say, hey, you can't do it, but God said you can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I said, oh, yeah, you're right, God. I can't believe what the enemy is telling me. I want his word to be in me, but life is real. Life is real. You know, where you work at, that's a real job. Your business is a real business. You know, the people that you work with, they real folks. The customers you deal with, they are real individuals. That house you in, that's a real house. That's a real house. I'm talking about real stuff in it going on, on in it. When everything's going wonderful, that's, that's excellent. But every now and then, something will try to act up, look a little funny. A bug will try to come in your house, and then you go, oh, God, where that bug come from? Oh, glory, where that bug come from? Then next thing you know, you're going to see all types of things that will try to distract you. Try to distract you, because life is real. Life is real. For our students who are at youth church today, school is real. When they send that homework home, that's some real homework. Real homework. And you know it's real homework because they try to get you to help with it. <laughs> and you look at them like, what? You, what, what? This third grade? I didn't have this till I was singing in high school. <laughs> that's real homework, y'all. That's real life. And life is real. As we get older, we deal with our parents. Life is real. But you serve a real God who's got real answers, who knows how to help you to navigate through. But you need to spend time with him. You need to spend time with him and still deal with your life. But don't you love what Jesus said? I came to give you life and life more abundantly. But you got to take his life because this life can distract you. Pressure can come on and all types of things can happen in this life. But sometimes we got to make the decision. Hey, God, I'm going to spend time with you. I'm going to learn your ways. I'm going to do it your way, God. Ooh, thank you, Lord. So that brings us to our text today, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Luke chapter 10, verse 48, excuse me, 38 through 42. I'm going to read it to you, then we'll go back and discuss it for, for a few minutes. Now it happened, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. Verse 38, now it happened as they went, he entered a certain village. So 
And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into the house. So Jesus comes into town. Let's say I'm coming into town. Coming into town. And there's all types of houses here. All types of houses. But I choose the house of Martha. Martha decides to welcome me in. So I come on in. Hey, Martha's house. Martha's house. So what, what, what did Martha do? Martha said, oh, my goodness, I got to start serving some stuff. Yeah, I got to get, I got Jesus in my house, y'all. And, you know, I can imagine, you know, Martha could have been one of those um, individuals who was very greet. She's a greet people. And, and she said, oh, well, I got Jesus here, y'all. And she welcomed me. You know how some people, are, when they come to your house, they start hugging on you and everything. Oh, welcome. I, I, I met somebody the other day. I ain't never met them for the first time, as far as I can remember. They was hugging me and everything. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. That's how people are. Because you got people like that. They're just so loving and so forth. And then some people, they're just kind of standing off. And they'll kind of say, hey, how you doing? And so forth. But not her. No, not Martha. Martha was welcoming. Welcoming. She welcomed Jesus in. And when Jesus felt welcome, I'm going to kind of get ahead a little bit here. He started to teach because he felt welcome. And so I believe when Jesus feels welcome, he's going to start to hear things you don't normally hear before. He's going to start to reveal words to you that you never heard before. He's going to start to, re- revelation now is going to come. But we don't feel welcome, he kind of keeps his mouth shut, you know, because he don't feel welcome. You, you never been to somebody's house, you didn't feel welcome, you just say, well, ooh, let me get up out of him. But soon as an exit, though, because <laughs> I ain't going to say too much because these folks don't feel like they welcome me. But he, but he felt welcome. So but I, I got asked the question this morning, does Jesus feel welcome in my house? Does he feel welcome in my house? Is that, is that, is it that the reason why I heard from him in a while? Because he don't feel welcome? Is that the reason I don't feel like he's saying anything? Because don't, he don't feel welcome? Because when he felt welcome, he started teaching. He started teaching. He started teaching. And so he entered. He started teaching. And when we invite him in, hey, Jesus is going to start saying some things. But do we invite him in? And one of the best decisions we ever made was to invite him into our heart. We made him our Lord and our Savior. Oh, thank God we did that, didn't we? Oh, glory be to God. But I want you to notice something here in verse 38. And she had a sister named Mary who also sat at his feet, sat at Jesus' feet, and heard his word. I want you to know something about what she did. She sat or placed herself near Jesus' feet. She positioned herself to hear the word of God. And how many of us position ourselves to hear the word of God? Are we so busy doing everything else, we never position ourselves to hear the word of God. And we got to position ourselves to hear from God. Because, see, I, I realized something. She sat at his feet. Hey, she, hey, let's say if she's sitting here and Jesus would teach, she sat right here. Wasn't nobody taking this position away from her. She would get in that. I got, I got to hear what Jesus is saying. I got to hear what he's saying. And do you have that kind of hunger and thirst for God that you got to hear what he says? 
Regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of somebody in there cooking, regardless of somebody in there talking, whatever it is, I got to hear what thus saith the Lord. I can't get caught up with television. I can't get caught up with my phone. I can't get caught up with things around me, my job, my children. I got to hear a word from the Lord. I'm a better Christian when the word is coming forth because I, I got the ammunition I need in order to make the proper decisions. See, Mary was focused on hearing and comprehending the words of Jesus. She had a grasping mentality. I want to hear what he's saying. Yeah, I can imagine in the back of Mary's mind, I know I should be healthy, Martha. We'll find out in just a moment. But, hey, we don't get this opportunity that often. We don't get the opportunity to hear a word like that. Jesus coming to my house. He skipped over all the other houses to get to mine. And now you want me to start doing something else? Oh, are you kidding me? This is too important to me. This is too important. This is life changing for me. Jesus has skipped all the houses in the city and the village and came to Martha's house. And now Martha has the opportunity Excuse me, Martha, Mary and Martha got the opportunity to hear a word from God. And Mary said, I'm going to sit at his feet. Because he may not come to my city and village too often. But this one opportunity, I got to position myself to hear what thus saith the Lord. And sometimes I think people take for granted that they have opportunities to hear the word of God. They take for granted. They think because, you know, hey, I can go to church anytime. I can go to Bible study anytime. Let me tell you something. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the living God. I got to make sure when he's speaking, I'm there attentive. I'm grasping mentally what he's saying. I'm comprehending and understanding what he is saying. So he, he, he's over there. But then there was Martha. Martha was distracted with much serving. So here, Jesus teaching, Mary's at his feet listening, and here she is. Oh, I'm, this is me imagine, y'all. Over here getting stuff ready. Y'all never been in that situation where I've been married. Okay, baby. You know, well, I'm over here doing something else, but because I'm not helping her clean or not helping her do something, it get louder and louder and louder. Don't you see me over here? I don't know if Martha was doing that, but I, I just, I, I don't, that's happened to me, brother. I'm just, I'm just trying to open, learn, we can learn some things right here. It's happened to me. I'm watching TV, trying to relax, the game on. Don't you? I'm sorry, I got caught up just for a moment. Yeah, yeah, man. But Martha was serving. She was serving. She was distracted with much <laughs> serving. I'm trying to stay on this side now. I want to set a fly. But she was distracted by much 
serving. The Bible says, now notice how the Bible describes. She wasn't necessarily doing a bad thing, but it was, it was maybe at the wrong time. She was distracted by much serving, preparing food, getting things ready. She was distracted. Jesus was speaking and teaching, and she was, I imagine she was looking at Mary. Mary, I need some help with all these. I need, Mary, look at this sitting there, Jesus. This is me talking now, y'all. This ain't what she said. Look at this sitting at the feet like she ain't got nothing to do. She know that Jesus at my house. And I got to clean this house up. I got to get the cornbread ready. I got to get, amen, the peas ready. I got to get the stuff ready. So in turn, we can serve these people in my house. Jesus is in my house. But yet, Mary sitting at his feet. Listen to the word. Here I have got all this stuff to do. All this stuff to do. The question is, did she really have all that stuff to do? Because sometimes we can be distracted by much serving. Doing something that is not bad, but is it at the right time? When the word's coming forth, should we be actually doing that? Should we be doing When the word coming forth, when, when God is speaking, he has just skipped over every house and came to Martha's house, and now he's teaching. And, we, and you know that God always gives a, a, own now, a right now word. You know it was on point. You know it was what they needed for that household. You know God, ain't got, he ain't got to make up a sermon. He knew exactly what needed to be said in that particular sermon. So you know it's a right now word for the house. Oh, okay, God. So when you send the word for OCC, are we busy being distracted by much serving? Do, are we too busy to hear what thus saith the Lord? Are we caught up in doing some stuff that we make up in our own mind that is not a part of the protocol for the house? Y'all know right here at OCC, when the word going forth, don't nothing else need to be going on. No. So when the word comes forth, we need to be attentive, ready to understand, ready to grasp what thus saith the Lord. Because why? It's, that's how we live, y'all. That's how we make decisions. That's how we think, how we, how we learn how to think, talk, how to learn how to pray, how to learn how to give, how to learn how to worship, how to learn how to witness, how to learn how to be a better Christian. I got to learn by the word, but she was troubled with much serving. She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? That's me talking. Sorry. Therefore, tell her to help me. Oh, goodness, Mary, Martha. Tell her to help me? Oh, my goodness. Woo. There are things, people, and situations in life that can drive us away mentally from God and his word. Because she was what? Distracted. She was driven away mentally. She was over-occupied. She was too busy and sometimes you can be sitting here, but your mind is so busy, you're not hearing me. You're too busy, you're overoccupied with everything else going on, 
And for these 45 minutes to an hour, you're too occupied. Too occupied with life other than what God gives us to hear what he's saying. Distracted. Distracted. And we don't need to be distracted when the word is coming forth. Mm -mm. To be driven is not all bad because we're driven to God, but, we're mo but we need to be motivated to consume his word. To be driven away from God is dangerous, y'all, because at times we may not see and understand the forces of people who are pushing us away from God. Distractions will drive us away even when we're going through things like serving. See, Martha was distracted. And what I find interesting about when Martha was distracted by it was something that was a good thing, but it was done at the wrong time. Because Martha was wanting to serve Jesus. Her servant drew her away from the word being taught. When we get drawn away from God's word, our flesh gets a signal as the, as the enemy begins to talk to us. When our flesh starts to talk, we begin to point out what others are not doing. Our flesh begins to say, hey! Well, why does it have to be this way and not that way? No one cares about me and willing to help me out. Ooh, flesh talking. Martha's preparation of the food had her so busy that the word, when the word came forth, it seems like she missed the word. She missed the word. And while she was busy cooking and cooking and busy being preoccupied with what her sister wasn't doing, she was preparing natural food, but she missed out on the spiritual food. We don't need to be in a position where we're preparing natural food and we miss out on the spiritual food. Because the spiritual food gives us life and life more abundantly. The natural food gives us a temporary nourishment. and We need it. But this, this, won't, this won't cast out demons. This won't drive sickness out of your body. This won't cause you to think better, talk better, and act better. This food over here will drive the devils out of your life. This food right here will teach you how to have life and more abundantly. This food will cause healing to take place in your body. This food will cause you to think, talk, and act better. This food will cause your life to be he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Woo. But, it, but when she made that comment, he goes on in verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You know Jesus loves Martha. He, he, he does. He loves Martha. Martha, Martha. He didn't rebuke. To me, this is not a rebuke. This is a correction for next time. And sometimes we need to be corrected for next time. See, when next time comes, she don't know what to do. She don't know what to do. And see, sometimes we miss what we need to do. We say, well, I can't believe they told me to do this. It's over now. He don't talk. He talked. She done missed it. She over here. Now he done stopped teaching over here. And he loves Martha enough to, hey, Martha, come on. Let's talk. Martha. Richard, 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 why you? <laughs> why? 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 How, how do you put Let's look at verse 41. 
Then Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Oh, so it's not just the servant. You got many things going on in your mind. You are worried and you are also troubled. And sometimes we hear people talk and you think that's the only issue they got. But when you look at, at what God is saying here to Martha, hey, Martha, you got more than just your sister ain't helping you out. You're worried and you're also troubled. You are anxious, troubled with cares. Not only that, you are disturbed and disquieted about many things. Many things. And see, sometimes we look at people and we look at what we see on the surface, but not getting down to the root. Jesus got down to the root of what was going on with Martha. But he loved her enough, though. He loved her. Whew. You know, he loved her. He loved her. I mean, he didn't take it down and talk about, hey, you don't tell me what to do, and you don't try to get her away and all that kind of stuff. He said, Martha, Martha, you're troubled by many things. So notice three things were happening with Martha. She was distracted. She was worried. And she was troubled. She had a lot going on, didn't she? And it all came because Jesus came into her house that day. And she wanted to serve. And Jesus getting ready to teach her something that's going to help her next time that the word of God goes forth. When, he get, when the word of God get ready to go forth next time, he said, listen, Martha, I know you've been distracted. I know you got some troubles going on. I know you're anxious about some things. And I know that you are, uh, what, what word are you here? Let me go back to the text again. Important one. Make sure I get it right. You are troubled, you are worried, and you're distracted by many things. But one thing is needed. One thing is needed. It's needful. It's necessary. It's necessary. It's required. See, as, as a mature, Christ-minded believer, we have to understand that some things are going to be needed or required of us. See, it, this is going to require, require Martha to grow up, to mature. She can't go with that same mindset she had before Jesus came. She's going to have to grow up. And see, some of us going to have to grow up. Stop being distracted. Stop worrying. And stop going through these different emotions. We are going to just, just to have to grow up. Quit being worried. Quit being troubled. And quit, let me say this to you. Let's start off with being easily distracted. Don't be easily distracted. Don't be easily distracted by things going on around you. Don't let people easily distract you. And then you work your way up. To you're strong. Hey, can't nobody distract me for what's going on around me. Work your way up to that level. He says one thing is needed. And what is he saying here? When it comes to hearing, accepting, and understanding, and applying God's written and revealed word, revealed word, it is needed. And notice what Mary did. And Mary has chosen that good part. Mary has said this, I have selected the best and most appropriate part. 
Mary had a decision to make. I can hear what Jesus is saying, or I can be over here helping Martha. She chose to be at the feet of Jesus, to hear and understand his word. And we have to make that same type of decision on a daily basis. We can't be distracted by the enemy. We can't be distracted by all the stuff we got going on in our life. We can't be distracted by our children, our workplace, our business. But we must make up in our mind. Well, my time with God is up, up, coming up. I've got to spend time with him. I must be in his presence. I've got to choose that good part. I've got to select the most appropriate thing I have. This, listen, I've got many different choices out there. I've got many choices out there. And I've been guilty of this too. I've allowed my phone to take away precious time from God. Hmm. I'll go ahead and admit mine. I have allowed certain programs on television to take my time away from God. Now, I'm going to mess some of y'all up because you, you might not get this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I have allowed sleep to take my time away from God. Now, I don't know what yours is, but as the Holy Spirit begins to talk to you this morning, ask yourself the question. If you, if you, if you, if you don't mind asking it, what's distracting me? What's troubling me? What's worrying me? Come on, Martha. What's going on in your life? Yeah, what's going on in your life? Yeah, I know you're here now. But what about Monday morning or Monday afternoon or Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening? Whatever your time with God is, what's distracting you from your time with God? What you, what's, even when you do pick up the Bible or you do get, go through your devotion time, are you really there? Are you really there? Are you just kind of going through the motions? Are you really comprehending what he's saying? Are you really uh, paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life? Are you really spending time with our Savior? Are you just going through, going through? And Mary has chosen the good part. Notice it's the useful part, the excellent, the agreeable. What, what agrees with God's word is useful because it's going to make my life better. It's excellent because it is the best. And the part is the portion or the share, which would not be taken away from her. I like that. God said when she chose that part, it shall not be taken away from her. When you choose your time with God, it will not be taken away from you. It will not be taken away from you. It will not be taken away from you. So, therefore, we must grow and mature in our thinking, talking, and actions so that we could be known as people who are constantly choosing the good part. On Monday, I choose the good part. On Tuesday, I choose the good part. On Wednesday, I choose the good part. On Thursday, I choose the good part. On Friday, I choose the good part. Saturday, I messed up, but I repent, God. I chose the good part to repent. And now I choose again on Sunday the good part. And don't let a few mess-ups stop you and say, I can't do it no more. Because some people let one mess-up, 
and they just start choosing bad from that point on. Don't let one bad mess up start you making a series of mess ups. Just continue to choose the good part. Just continue to choose it. Just continue to choose. I, I, yeah, I know you messed up. You didn't do what you're supposed to do. But, hey, repent and choose the good part again. Choose that good share. Good. Choose that good portion. Choose the good part. What's the good part? My Being in his presence. Talking to Jesus. Ministering to Jesus. Meditating on his word day and night. Oh, God, doing, doing what he instructs us to do when it comes to our time with him. Because we see when Martha and Mary had a decision to make, Mary chose the good part. And it will not be taken away from her. So that means each time Mary had in her DNA, I'm going to choose the good part. And I believe when you make up in your mind that you're going to choose the good part, it's going to be your mentality. It's going to be your mentality that every day, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you when you seek the good, when you choose the good part. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give. Text give to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.